Okay. So, so how did this whole film front business begin? <laughs> <laughs> Just ask basic questions. Right. Yeah. You want to take it back? Um, sure. Yeah. So it's basically me, Malia, uh, my brother, and his partner, uh, who kind of are involved with the space right now. Um, but we're from uh, Pilsen, like originally. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it was kind of like this project that kind of came about because like he, my brother was interested in having like a studio in the neighborhood. Um, and we were living in New York at that time, but we were also interested, we had just like finished college and we're kind of interested in um, trying to do something film related because we... Did you go to school for film or...? Yeah, we did film studies. I did some film production, um, and yeah, we we kind of really enjoyed the conversational aspect of the film studies program, mm. which was guided by I think like a pretty cool teacher that we had. Mm. Um, so yeah, like that. I think that was like our kind of like wish to like keep something like these more informal conversations that mm -hmm. weren't necessarily like tied academically mm -hmm. to film were I think pretty important. Um, so yeah, basically there was like a, s a storefront for rent and it used to be like, I think it used to be a hair salon. Um, yeah. So we kept the like a little bit yeah. of the color of the hair salon in there. Salmon homage. Yeah. 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 When, did, uh, when was your opening date? It was in June 2015, but oh. um, we rented the studio in late 2014. September, yeah, like September. 20, it was like nine months. Yeah, renovations the, yeah. and figure out how to install a decent, you know, sound system and visuals and mm -hmm. it was figure pretty out much how to seat people so their heads wouldn't block each other and yeah. all those things. But, um, but it yeah, was, yeah, like nine months of saving basically to to get stuff to get it all together. Yeah, yeah, because I think we we thought that as a group we had an original fifth member too that mm -hmm. as a group we could. Um, rent a space that would be an art studio in our private usage and then we could yeah. have a public dimension and yeah. the public program for us was always cinema mm -hmm. um, because we yeah we both studied cinema in different ways and loved it and saw it as like the and still see it as the art form that's like most accessible and open to mm. bringing up all sorts of conversations about art and life you know yeah and so it was just kind of like the perfect medium in that way for what we wanted to do and New York already had this kind of saturated an expensive landscape of that. Right. Yeah. And then, like you said, like Alan and his brother grew up in Pilsen. Um, I didn't, but when I would visit you guys here, sometimes like there were never movie screens in Pilsen, so we'd want to go see a movie, and there wasn't something we could just walk to, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's a bitch. You pretty much got to go downtown or to Roosevelt. Exactly. Yeah. And so there wasn't like a neighborhood cinema, and it would be great to have a neighborhood movie theater proper, but that didn't exist either. So kind of having some approximation of that. Yeah. was kind of really appealing from the start, I think. Um, yeah. So yeah, then it started in June 2015 with our public programs and has been going on, yeah, since then, so about three and a half years. So what uh, what was the first like programming that you had? Like, what did you show at the beginning? Yeah, that one, it was titled like In a New Light, but we were, yeah, kind of just trying to ask questions of like the idea of like a cine club by like seeing it again or like mm -hmm. kind of like bringing it bringing up the idea of it again not that it like has ever left because i think like these kind of like informal 
like cinema centered mm. communities ex have existed mm -hmm. since like the art form was kind of like circulating yeah. and stuff like that. And like private groups of yeah, movie nights with friends and yeah. film societies and everything in between. But, um, but yeah, it was looking at kind of films that we felt existed between clear boundaries of fiction and um, documentary. And so we wanted to look at things that could kind of like complicate that. Yeah. Um, so we watched... The first, the first film one. screening was Sherlock Jr. Sherlock Jr., the Buster yeah. Keaton. And then, mm. um, and then we watched Mysterious Object at Noon. I don't know if that was the second, but that was the that first That was the series. last one. That was the like a, a Peach at Pong mm. film. His student It's like film. his student film, yeah. And then... We also watched, um, yeah, uh, Chronicle of the Summer, Chronicle of the Summer, and Close Up, and Close Up, yeah, yeah and that was kind of like mm. the invitation to a variety of films we were interested in, and like uh, you know, like historical moments in film, but also just like a topic that we want to have more of a conversation about. Mm. So that was the first summer series. And how how was the audience at the beginning? Was was it more sparse than? It is like has it grown? I think it definitely Sometimes. has grown. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely grown, and there's been like more of a deepening of commitment that we see people we've known for these three and a half years returning. Mm. But also, some people have moved, other people have yeah. moved and come back, and um, new people appear all the time and have various levels of like commitment to returning and being really engaged in things. But yeah. and still, though, we can have a screening where there'll be just a handful of people, and yeah. you don't know why it's a like really concentrated turnout but those are wonderful in their own way too because there's such a different dynamic between the audience members yeah um, so like so i mean can you track like full. is the more popular stuff the more accessible stuff generally or <laughs> not, necessarily. not necessarily it's there's really like i, I mean i at least don't think there's yeah. like clear-cut logic to it um, yeah, sometimes it's weird. Because also um, the other aspect of it is that like we do a focus on local experimental filmmakers. Mm -hmm. So when we have local experimental filmmakers, that's often a big draw. They bring all their friends and, or everybody too. who's involved. And know. also Chicago has a big audience for um, experimental local experimental cinema. I think it's like a right. very supportive community of that. So I think that's also something. So there's just like, and then you saw like the classic cinema audience was whole. So there's like mm -hmm. classic Hollywood cinema. So those are what yeah. might be thought of as very different audiences yeah. and they wouldn't be the same people, but they mm -hmm. were both really full and, you know, mm. draw different groups and stuff. But then sometimes we program with something we think will be like perfectly exciting to a bunch of people and it, it draws a smaller crowd and that's yeah. just the way that it goes. So do, do you generally get people from the newsletter or from, from Facebook or like what's the... I think it's like newsletter, Facebook and like word of mouth. It seems like the newsletter you would have to, definitely word of mouth is surprisingly yeah. high, I think. Like people, mm. friends recommend someone to come or yeah. someone lives, a lot of times it's people based in our neighborhood that walk by and they see it in that way. Um, yeah. But I think that I'm guessing with the newsletter that you'd have to already be kind of familiar with us in some way to sign up for our newsletter. Yeah, the, yeah, the last one I went to before Sweet Smell of Success was that Nosferatu with the, mm. the live oh, accompaniment. Cool. Yeah. yeah. We wanted to do something like I that. Think, uh, yeah. I think I went with my friend Bill McKay. Do you know him? Oh, yeah. Musician? Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. He used to live really, really close to there. He moved exactly. a little further west, but yeah. That was cool. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of audience members that are just like our immediate community in Pilsen mm -hmm. and Little Village in Bridgeport. Um, but then we have some people that are re like return um, audience members that come from the suburbs. That's mm. obviously not as frequent, yeah. but we have some dedicated people that... The farthest was like uh, Schomburg, like someone yeah. would like and drive. and he'd drive in. I mean, now he's moved into the city, but for like yeah. more yeah. than a year he would drive in for things and... Um, it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a cool thing because, yeah, the, yeah, the, the trouble with movies or anything, you know, on screens is it's sort of like a, it ends up being like a solitary thing. Mm. So what you guys are doing is kind of the opposite of that. You're making a communal experience. Even, you know, people that go to just movie theaters, it's not like they're really going together, you know? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you don't really have that experience unless you're like lucky and in the mood for it, I guess, to go to a movie theater publicly and then get to meet with a group of people and have like a sustained conversation about yeah. your experience. Mm -hmm. Even though that's really special when you can, when that happens, you know, for whatever reason. But I feel like those are really rewarding mm. and like fruitful things to be able to process what you just experienced with people and um, hear other people's opinions and ask questions and stuff like that. So. Yeah. So how how did uh, how did Ashley come into into your life? It was actually <laughs> perfect um, luck of ours because there's this really cool thing uh, run by well kind of like instigated by some friends of ours that it happens maybe seasonally where there's mm -hmm. an independent programmer's potluck. Mm. So like uh, it's. It's the people from Comfort Station. Yeah, like, I think it's it pretty together. much like Raul and Nando at Conversation who mm -hmm. really like um, push to encourage all the independent programmers in Chicago to get together and talk about what we're doing and like find ways, mm -hmm. ideally find ways to work together. Mm -hmm. But so at the last one, which was at um, Enjoy the Film. Enjoy the Film, Ben. Ben Ru Benjamin Rudder. Rudder's new space you know about in Hyde Park. It's a new micro cinema that's opening oh, okay. up. Um, and a storefront too, which is, is yeah. but they're doing like 35 and. Oh, they're, they're, they have a lack of projection. He's yeah. very focused on, because he's also like the technical um, person. Movie director at U Chicago. At the Logan Center. Yeah. So he's okay. really medium focused, but he's opening a micro cinema soon, I think, that's going to have a lot yeah, of. Yeah, I sort of go like, like those uh, Chicago Film Society screens, yeah. and mm. those guys are totally obsessed with, you it's know, amazing. print. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I mean, sometimes to, you know, to detriment, but <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, that's, like, they have a very specific, it's funny to me because they're all, well, and you guys are so young to be <laughs> into this very particular thing. Yeah. And no, I, I know. Yeah. They're I, super young and, and like, they were the landscape that we learned about when we were moving or when like I at least was moving to Chicago and yeah. had this kind of mm -hmm. fresh perspective was trying to see like what people are doing in cinema. And they, I mean, yeah, they do great stuff. Amazing but, stuff, yeah. but it's totally different from ours. Like we would never even try to compete with what they're doing because we're doing a completely different vein of, I think, like film projection. Just digital projection. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. But it has a different like Also, the, the whole component of the, the um, conversation is a big part of it. Yeah. I mean, that's what... I mean, the the reason we're sitting here is because of that, you know, yeah. not because you showed a, a movie I've seen like you know ten times, exactly. you know, like exactly. Sweet Smell of Success is like an acknowledged like top whatever. Totally. It's one of those movies that yeah. any any film nerd would know about, you exactly. know. But uh, and that's kind of one of the weird things too, because yeah. sometimes we go for, um, you know, I mean, sometimes in our programming things are more obscure, and sometimes things are more prevalent in like the film history canon. And at the same time, it's kind of surprises me sometimes how fresh those things can be for people because an audience coming to it can have such a variety of like backgrounds. And a lot of people haven't always had the opportunity to like sit down and see these things in sure. classes, you know? Mm -hmm. So getting to like sit with people and talk about it. But anyway, we met Ashley at the last independent um, filmmaker, or not filmmakers, film programmers potluck. Um, mm -hmm. And she came with her friend who's an independent programmer too, Stephanie Granger and um, had just kind of like mentioned that there was this kind of like dream of programming at some point and that it hadn't quite, I mean, she'll tell you more about it, but it yeah. hadn't quite fit into like the more traditional kind of like theatrical 
space and so she was just asking for what people thought about it and stuff like that and we ended up just connecting with her then and saying we were interested in hearing more about her ideas and hosting her because mainly I think like we I mean we just met her on the spot and then decided mm. it would be a, an interesting thing to pursue because we could see how passionate she was about it and because she was bringing us some passion about an area that we kind of under-programmed because yeah. we don't particularly represent classical Hollywood cinema yeah. in our right. kind of like general repertoire, you know, and like our taste. Mm. Not that we don't love classical Hollywood films in certain ways, but we just don't program it as readily. You showed a, I think I, I, think I wrote about it, the, um, it was a Renoir movie, the, uh, Tony. Oh, Tony, yeah. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote it up for Cinephile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. cool. I recommend, yeah. Yeah, well, that was you. Great. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was uh, with Killer Killer Sheep, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I couldn't, unfortunately, I couldn't make the screening, but yeah. Tony I hadn't seen, which was cool, so I got to watch that. Oh, but awesome. yeah, I mean, Killer of Sheep is it's killer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a killer movie. We were Different kind of classic, but yeah, yeah. classic we were, for sure. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so we have had other, like, we've shown John Ford films, uh -huh. and we did, like, a focus thing on that, and we've shown, like, Buster Keaton at the very beginning. So classical Hollywood cinemas. There, but yeah, but this is like classical Hollywood cinema with movie stars and with yeah, yeah. I mean, sweet smell of success. True. And I mean, Shock Corridor is a little less so, mm -hmm. like a little more esoteric, I'd say. Yeah, but then I mean, she finishes it with All About Eve, which is another one, like you know, yeah, won't, is on any list of anything, you know, exactly. it's the big yeah. Letter. So, how, how soon after you connected with her did the series start? Uh, was when did you say uh, what? it was only a couple months ago? Oh, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. well, yeah, that's the thing. We were able to, we're really flexible with our scheduling, and so unless we have commitments with other collaborators, we our own programming, we can be really like, um, yeah, flexible and dynamic with. So we were able to just go for it, and we wanted to work with her while she was excited about it. Yeah, that, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I think yeah, sometimes with collaborations, like it's like, oh yeah, we'll do it, but then like time happens and yeah. kind of you lose steam with it but yeah it's, I think it's important to like jump on those collaborations when like the momentum is there too because then yeah it'll happen yeah yeah we can just go with it when because um, they're flexible so and we, we announce things pretty much month by month so it's really yeah. easy to um, change anything that needs to be changed so is there so do you, what do you do when when there are no no programs. Is is it, does anybody do anything in that in that in room space? in the space? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's still our like uh, private arts studio in mm -hmm. a way. I mean, it's downtime because all the film equipment, just like the film projection and mm -hmm. everything, gets can get put into carts and wheeled away, and all the mm -hmm. chairs get moved out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so we can break down the space and just have a big empty storefront for our own uses. Yeah. We have a, well, we have a... And what are, what are those uses? <laughs> yeah, so we have like that little like office space in the back mm -hmm. uh, where we, we've been doing like kind of like small publications on mm -hmm. film because mm -hmm. we have like a risograph printer. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so we've been kind of messing around with that in the last those year. Those things are so, so weird. They are. Yeah, the it's like did, a, a guy did a, a pr print for me and the colors are so bizarre. They're, yeah. They're just like... <laughs> they're like from they're obviously from another era, you know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Ours is from the early nineties, but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we do um we're getting more into publications that are related to film and our conversations around film so that we can work with collaborators. And I think hopefully in the future we have some ideas next year of wanting to take some like generate some material from the discussions mm -hmm. that, about programs and help that inform or 
maybe directly quote that into some books that we want to make. Mm, yeah, because um, yeah, the relationship between the film series and the books seem really generative and exciting. Mm -hmm. And um, so we have been doing that with our Resograph. Yeah. And um, there's some woodworking stuff that goes on as well. And yeah, in the basement. Yeah, we've got a basement. There's some woodworking stuff in the basement. Um, and we've done other things where mainly it's education programming, I think, too. Like, yeah. we have an alternative education group that meets every Friday night. Um, and we Like for kids or for... Well, or for... kids could come. Oh, okay. We have talked about what would, what would it be like to invite a kid to like teach us a segment of it. Um, but main, right now it's like a group of adults that are um, meeting and we just study different things as we decide to study them. And right now we're studying kind of fungi and... It's been fun, but so that's pretty consistently in the space. Yeah. And we're working on launching some sort of um, reading room to be there next year because we're interested in books and kind of a, a, a movable book space as well. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But we're always open to, to like finding other ways that we can fit things into the ecosystem of the space because since our screenings happen in the evening so often, mm -hmm. and then we have day jobs and do other things, it's kind of finding the harmony of what can best serve the space and get people like um, doing what they need to do and support it and yeah, not have it go to waste or anything. So yeah, what, I'm, I'm always interested in what, what people's day jobs are. Yeah. So, so what are your day jobs? I work at a cafe yeah. with a jumping bean. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, another community spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's the word of mouth thing of like, they come to the screen. At the very beginning, so yeah. many people found out from the jumping bean because your brother yeah. was there too. And yeah. it's like, you meet people there and you spread the word there. Um, There's a lot of people that come through. So yeah. Yeah. Definitely a good and place. Yeah. Right now I'm doing freelance book editing. Oh yeah. What, what what kind of stuff do you work on? Like what like what? what, what? Right now, um, the, the I'm teacher... going through book edits right now. Uh, I have a book. Oh coming. yeah. 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 Book, um, book number three. <laughs> yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Just got the final edits of the text, but it's there's a lot of visual stuff in it, so I'm actually going to design maybe designing a whole book, which oh, I've never cool. done before. Sweet. Yeah. That's exciting. Nice. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in that. I'm. Um, Right now, specifically, I'm working on a book that was our, our professor's last book. His name is Gilberto Perez, and he passed away in late 2014 when I was graduating. Um, but it's going to come out next summer. It's called The Eloquent Screen. It's about a rhetoric of film. Um, so it's going to be with the University of Minnesota Press, so that's a really exciting thing. And also for us personally, I think we're going to... Well, I don't know yet. We have to confirm with them, but we want to do some programming around that too. Um, cool. And maybe some yeah. sort of reading group and everything, because that's something we've done in other aspects, and this is really interesting material for us. And like, yeah, feels perspective and taste and way of um, making accessible the art form of cinema was for me really formative, and it's yeah. how we kind of like met and generated some of these ideas. So it would be weird if we didn't. There's a. A book coming out, it's a two-volume uh, translation of the Dardan Brothers' film diaries mm -hmm. next year. Cool. Featherproof is putting it out. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, I, I did cover paintings for it. Oh, so, which oh sweet. It's been held up, but it's finally happening, so I'm excited for that. That is exciting. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I like when, when diary, like, yeah. diaries of filmmakers yeah come out. like there's there's this one book that just came out i think this year which but it's only in spanish it's like a raul reese like diary oh, yeah. book and wow. i'm like man how do you get a hold of that like because i don't know who's distributing it because i mm. think it's like it's not for sale in the united states yeah i don't think it is yeah 
but it'll make its way here. We'll, we'll find it. But yeah, you gotta, yeah, you gotta commission somebody to translate. It's yeah, like a, it's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. It is, yeah. And then, and then, yeah, the 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 original authors have to approve the translation. Like, it, all all sorts of things could go wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then you got to figure out if it's you know if there's any sort of market for it. Definitely. You know? Yeah, yeah, and that's something that we don't have to do at all in our own books because they're so small scale that yeah. we get to like just have... So how many do you print? <laughs> like, right we've now? We've had three. Yeah, three, done. and they each had a um, run of around like 125 to 150 copies. So it's small, yeah. um, but we want it to be big enough that it's not super rarefied, you yeah. know, and they're affordable. And I would be great. How much do you sell them for? We are scale? yeah, sliding scale of si yeah. Uh, nine to sixteen, so people can pay what they want yeah. in that range, which um, again is not like fitting into a bookstore model, but mm -hmm. for us, it's functional. Well, yeah, if, yeah. If you're going to that art book fair, yeah, the, yeah. The, there's a guy named uh, Mark Fisher. You yeah. Know yeah. Him? Totally. He was on that kind of like advised us on he's, a lot he's of very very big in, in that world yeah yeah, yeah he's great i just yeah. went with him to the uh, cook county jail he's got this new thing right. he's gonna put out the booklet i'm i'm oh, in it oh one of the awesome. residence or the, in the yep residence? i'll be in the first booklet That's i did so a bunch cool. of drawings uh that he's gonna yeah, it's, yeah. He, he showed me a mock-up oh, but man. yeah it should should be coming out soon That's exciting. yeah it was pretty cool yeah yeah, he, yeah I, I love his project his, I think he does yeah his really stuff is cool mm-hmm yeah, he's the one that actually put us in touch with this like bindery that's over on like Western and 14th. It's called Union Book Bindery. Oh, cool. Yeah, they're great. But, they're an old right, yeah, yeah, he, he mentioned that. Yeah. He gets his stuff done there too. Yeah, most, of, I think, if not all of it, most of his stuff gets mm -hmm. just like cut there. And they're like, it's like really old school. Like, mm -hmm. they're bindery. the best, yeah. Um, Definitely. And they're, they're happy to work with people with um, like artists' books, quote yeah. unquote, and really small runs that a lot of commercial spaces wouldn't that support. Was, I was surprised that they like yeah. allowed us to like. And they came in and taught us about the machines and gave us, you know, they were just like excited because they're also passionate about what they do. So it's really cool. But there's a good printing community in Chicago too, obviously with the art book fair. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. But there isn't a ton of like um, independent book stuff, independent publications about film. I don't know, mm. have you seen Fireflies magazine? No. What's it's really cool. It's it's not based in the US at all, but it's oh. I think it's uh, Australia and Germany. Mm. I think it's kind of in between those two. But they distribute around the world and it's a journal that focuses on two filmmakers and you can read it from one way about one filmmaker and then flip it and read oh. the opposite direction about another filmmaker. And um, I think their most recent one is Albert Serra and can't remember the other filmmaker, but they've done like, they've covered Jajanka, um, Abbas Kiristami, they've covered Claire Denis, like they do really cool and they invite people to write whatever or respond creatively, drawings, poems, like I think there was like criticism. a Pedro Costa and Ben Pedro Rivers, Costa, ben Rivers mm. yeah. like duo. That's like that a, a cool. film publication that I'm really excited about, um, but there's not like a ton of stuff that's playful and well executed and exciting yeah sometimes yes sometimes the, the film film people get a little a little over serious <laughs> I mean once again this is one of the reasons I, I was super excited with what Ashley was doing like this is like a normal person talking in normal language about yeah. a thing <laughs> like yeah that was exciting uh, and different yeah, yeah well, one of the things I think that also like brought me on board when Ashley was talking about it too, was like the like the way that I think she views like film as a medium that's I think she she mentioned it in that last screening and she mentioned it in the first screening that we had with her, mm -hmm. but as like this medium that's like it 
a culmination, not a culmination because it hasn't ended or anything like that, but like this kind of like, yeah, like this, I don't know how to describe it, like collection of human experiences mm -hmm. that are like all put on the screen for like people to like. Like a history too. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah that's because, what it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. On, on a certain level, even the most fictionalized movie is actually a documentary of yeah. a bunch of people doing in that stuff. Time. Yeah, in the, yeah. yeah. And that's what, how she brings it up to yeah. you. Yeah, and I like, that's like one of the ways that I've thought about it before. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Like, that is pretty important I think. Yeah, even just on the very simple level of like when you watch a movie that old you realize that almost all those people are dead yeah you know, like, yeah right now you know yeah. and like yeah. she mentioned in the last yeah. um, in the last conversation too how think about the weight of that equipment back then like, sure yeah, yeah. Know, her, and she's involved in film production so she has that angle yeah I'm gonna too. I plan to ask her about that and hopefully if hopefully she doesn't google too much about my past writing because <laughs> I, I I wrote a pretty scathing thing about Chicago PD <laughs> for, for the reader, <laughs> how, how it's well, not, not about that. Chicago and yeah. just, yeah, I have, I have a lot of problems with those shows, but yeah. <laughs> it, that's interesting, it's an interesting dynamic too for like work life and what obviously her interests are, yeah. I, wonder, I wonder how she, she does that. <laughs> She's a huge cinephile too and like yeah. I think that one of the things that really interested me in her perspective as a programmer was that her love of film also was like a um, generational thing, like inherited from her family, you know? Mm. So she was talking about watching these films with her, yeah, older generations in her family and like inheriting this legacy of how you watch something and how you engage with it and yeah. um, loving it from that perspective mm -hmm. as well. It's another type of valid experience to attest to, you know? And I mm -hmm. think like, um, she, in my eyes, she's a film historian, you know? Like yeah. that's how she, presents information and she she's dynamic in that way and just because she's not you know like teaching at an, an academic institution right. doesn't mean she can't convey that to all of us and engage us in that um so i feel like I seems know. like a person that will one day or do some version of that you know mm -hmm. yeah well if yeah. there are still colleges left yeah which maybe there shouldn't be but that's a yeah. whole other discussion you know totally. <laughs> or she'll just like share her knowledge with all of those lucky enough to watch movies with her and stuff like that and yeah and mold it in whatever way works for her but i mean yeah we haven't told her yet but like i'm sure that once this ends because we're doing like a five month series that we'll miss working together and ask if she wants to work together in the future and everything so i like hopefully she'll just continue wanting to program that's cool yeah that good place to stop yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> So, uh, I don't know, basic kind of questions. How'd you get into movies or like, what started you off on this whole thing? <laughs> um, I got into movies because I spent a lot of time with my grandmother when I was a kid. Mm. Um, my, my parents were very social, so they kind of like always like- well, They dropped you off. Dropped me off with my grandma. Um, and she loves movies. She had, uh, she was like the single mom of five kids and mm. her escape was going to the movie she used to tell me mm. so like older classic american films there's yeah. like not a single one that she hadn't seen mm. and they were just always on and i kind of fell in love with them because of you know with her and Is then that in chicago yeah. or mm -hmm. yeah yeah she's we're all from the south side oh cool yeah so, so what was like a what was a favorite of hers uh, can you think of that? Uh, she loved Humphrey Bogart and mm. um, Lauren Bacall. My aunt's middle name is actually Lauren Bacall. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So like like Carol. something then Lauren Bacall. Lauren Bacall. Wow. Yeah, that's <laughs> <Beaver>. <laughs> it's like 
stamping it on somebody. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, because she was that's born amazing. in the late forties. She's my grandmother's uh, oldest child. Mm. But um, yeah, so I always thought that was kind of funny because I was like, mm. oh wow, is that her name? And it's kind of. It's kind of funny to me. So how'd you, how'd you, when you were watching stuff with her, was it just, was it like video or like, like what format? Was it yeah, just no, TV it or? was actually when like AMC was actually American oh, okay. Classics. Well, yeah. yeah. And they used to play a lot of like Jim Stewart films mm. and Catherine Hepburn films. But my grandmother had these um, books about film, uh, but they were books that were actually published maybe like in the 50s, 60s, oh, and 70s. Really? So I would actually go through them, and I had like a list of movies I wanted to see that I didn't have um, huh. access to in the 90s necessarily. Yeah. Who was putting out those books? In the I don't 50, know. You know. So, I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. So it was like that. It was like a childhood memory. It was yeah, like and I don't even know. Back to right. I don't even know what happened were. to those books. Oh yeah. But I remember because she had a book on. I love Lucy because it was her favorite show, mm. and but yeah, I remember that she had a in the book. I remember seeing my the first uh, picture of Marlon Brando in The Godfather. I must have been like seven or eight. Mm. And like, who is this? And then there was another <laughs> picture years ago that I saw after that, and it was Marlon Brando from like the fifties, and he was so hot. And I was like, she's like, yeah, that's the yeah, he's a very different looking yeah, guy. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> Right. So yeah. And what? So what years would this be? Like, like the, ninety or like, somewhat like early nineties, mid nineties. Mid nineties. Yeah. Oh, okay. More like mid nineties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So try trying to figure out how old you are, more or less. Oh, just because just for, for, for <laughs> Yeah. Because I mean, what struck me, I mean, the, my sort of in uh, and my idea about this this whole article and stuff was because I went to see you introduce uh, Sweet Smell of Success, mm -hmm. and I go to a lot of movies mm -hmm. and a lot of old movies too, and uh, the way you you talked about the stuff seemed different than the usual. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I. Uh, I'm still working it out what it was that was different, but uh, well, the crowd was different, and yeah. you had a, you know, there wasn't too much sort of like uh, jargon or, or you know, the yeah. like specialized kind of yeah. film dork lingo, you know. Yeah. You know, I just I don't. <laughs> so that was refreshing. Like that, you know? Yeah. And like, I'm always saying, I think of it like uh, I spent, I had a lot of years in theater, like because mm. there was. I was a CPS kid, so mm -hmm. they didn't have any film programs like they do in like private schools or suburban schools. Mm. And so my next best things, I always knew I wanted to go into film somehow. Uh, and um, so I was in theater. And then in theater... Acting, directing? or Acting like the, for acting. a long time. But then maybe around 15, I got self-conscious. I was like, I think I should be behind the scenes. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. It was something like, like shift. It was probably like hormones. I'm a teenager now. And... Um, right. But, you know, people used to always ask actors. They still do. Like, how do you learn your lines and so many lines but it's once you know the story it's very easy mm. so how I approach everything is probably like it's this great story yeah. and if I can tell the story and how I talk then I'm good and I talk as you see I talk with my hands right and um, 
I don't know. I just like if I can speak the way I speak, then I'm good. But I can't do necessarily like a formal way of speaking. But like, what's cool about today's world is that you don't even have to do that anymore. Well, I I mean that's it's re- it was refreshing to me, and it wasn't. It's really not necessary yet to make like especially something you know like this all time classic like the sweet smell of success. Like no, I've seen the sweet smell of success. I don't know maybe 10 times probably. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it a lot, yeah. you know. But uh, the people that go to say like the noir festivals, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, are usually old white guys in fedoras. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what <laughs> yeah, no. That's actually part of my pitch to my editor. Yeah. Like this is not like an old fat white guy in a fedora. Yeah. Like trying to, well, if not like go back to that time, but like obviously romanticizing that time in a certain mm-hmm. way that's sort of, I don't know, Sad, creepy, depending yeah. on the one. There's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. And that's sort of like the unfortunate part of being into old movies sometimes is yes. you get this whole uh, <laughs> group of people. Yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> and so that that's what was refreshing about hearing you talk about. You made it sound like a thing that was related to now and that, yeah. well, obviously was alive to you, although it was about people a very long time ago yeah. in a very different kind of society. Um, yeah. yeah. And I always felt like um, I grew up with films. I grew up in the 90s, so I, mm-hmm. you know, those are the movies from my childhood, but also from the 30s, 40s, and 50s because of my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because of my parents too, because my parents, my family loves movies, but yeah. there was a time period where I was like, okay, my interest in film has surpassed theirs. Mm-hmm. Maybe not my grandmother's because we really did share, and she's still alive. Oh, she really, is Yeah, she has, she's like just turned 90, but, um, but just her love for movies in general. Never really mm-hmm. wanted to work in them or anything, just, Love them. It was like a great escape for her, but mm. um, I don't know. I think it was just something that we also really shared, and like, uh, like just between me and her, not her other grandchildren and whatnot. So, so none of the rest of them were as into it as you. No, or, oh, okay. they love movies, but they don't necessarily love classic cinema. And like my younger cousins, and like my younger cousin, who I just went to Miami with, he's seen all these movies because of me. Because when I was a kid, yeah. they lived in the same house with us. <laughs> I would just play them. He, I was, he was like eight. And I was making them watch The Godfather. Oh, yes, this is the best movie. But. Hmm. Even like me wanting to do the series was originally last year, me talking about films with my friends and being like, oh, you guys should see this film because it's about this and it's about that mm-hmm. and it's really relatable to that to today or you know it's relatable in this way and just a lot of times it's just exposure you know I think back in the day I I don't know I was just always like that. Um, I remember I was like really hung up on Dorothy Dandridge when I was in sixth grade mm. <laughs> because of the HBO movie they did on her, and I never I heard of that. Really? Is it good? It's so good. Yeah. It's with Hollywood. Who's, who's oh Hollywood? Right. Yeah. No, yeah. She's I, actually really good. Yeah. I sort of on and off don't have HBO, so I miss you know. Oh yeah. The HBO stuff a lot of times. And this is like twenty years ago. This oh okay. It's yeah. Pretty, yeah. So it's it's worth checking out. It is because she I'll had an interesting life, but I never. Yeah really heard of her mm. and I had never seen any of her films before and we had a Hollywood uh, video in High Park that mm. was had a huge classic film yeah. section and I remember being able to find it and then I, I taped it onto a VHS mm. and I made 
all of my friends watch it. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, I'm that's like, cool. Yeah. Pearl Bailey and Harry Belafonte. They're so cool, and they're black. <laughs> uh -huh. and this is in the '50s. Right. And this is amazing. And then my friends loved it because I made them actually just sit down and watch it and get over the fact that it was like an older film. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing. It's maybe not the most interesting, but like, like, what do you think drew your grandmother and then in turn you to like basically all these movies about mostly white people? <laughs> I know. I mean, that's, but you have to, so you make some sort of imaginative leap anyways, yeah. obviously, because I can tell from the way you talk about Sweet Smell of Success. Yeah. But, and yeah, and it's an in interesting thing to talk about now because everybody now is obsessed with only sort of seeing themselves yeah. on the screen, you know, like they can't ever make that kind of leap anymore. It doesn't seem like... Yeah, and you Did know... Did your grandmother like have to explain it to you somehow or... No, I don't... No, she never did. Um, yeah. It was... I knew, understood the, the time frame that it was in uh -huh. and um, I felt like, especially growing up on the South Side, you talk about race relations a lot. Yeah. I remember getting criticized about, you know, why do you watch so many movies with white people in them? But to me, I watched everything. Yeah. That was the thing. I watched right. everything. And then, yeah. and I'm not gonna watch something that I think, I mean, I, I give everything a chance, but I don't like, like some bad movies I love. You know, like sure, some yeah, movies of course. are great, yeah. but then I love good movies and I didn't really, at that point in my life, I saw color, but in film, it was one of the few places I can go to where nothing really mattered. Mm. Like the outside world didn't matter. I kind of only could fall in love with the story like head first. Yeah. And that's changed as I've gotten older because, they, like even watching The Godfather, the part where um, like all the all the dons pretty much come together and he's kind of like leave the. Um, Leave uh, the drugs with the black people because they're yeah, animals yeah. anyway. It's like a part that always pulls me out the movie, and I'm like, ah. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, it's yeah. it's it's super. That kind of stuff is super true to life, though. Oh yeah, I mean, that's it's not the thing. like it's a really shitty thing to say, but yeah, that's the way that's they like, operate. Yeah, that is. I mean, that that was for real. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I mean, it is. I, you know, it's a problem when yeah, you're you're seeing movies or art or whatever, and there's nobody that looks like you or yeah. sounds like you up there. Yeah. Oh yeah, and even like I had a really big obsession with Vivian Lee the same year I was having an obsession with Dorothy Dandridge. Mm, yeah. And so I used to watch Gone with the Wind all the time. Yeah. And it was two tapes and I would like choose which tape I was gonna watch. <laughs> but even though I knew the history of like Hattie McDaniel, mm -hmm. it was so hard. More watching Butterfly McQueen in that movie, but um as an adult watching it, it is excruciatingly painful watching that yeah, movie. Yeah. I almost fast forward to it, like I'm like, I gotta skip through it. But Yeah, some um, of them age worse than others, yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, and it was like, oh man, there's obviously, I think Palm Wind is an amazing film, like uh, just like the whole production, the history of how mm. it was made yeah. and whatnot, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of excruciating to watch now as an adult. But that's history too. It's sure. kind of like rather good or bad. Like the cool thing about film is that it has documented our history, the human experience. Yeah. And it's that's why I think it's interesting watching older films. To me, I wasn't alive during that time period. I like history, yeah. and this is a part of it. 
you know, it's showing me what things looked like at that time, with the, how people talked, how people mm. felt, you know, and then seeing the change, like, that's what's cool about film history, mm. is because you see that evolution of, like, how people were changing, yeah. you know, how films viewed race, how films viewed women, yeah. how they viewed homosexuality or sexuality in general. Right. I think, I think it's interesting. And yeah. so, you know... So how did you come up with this part, this series, the American Ego series? How and how did how did you choose the the five movies that you ended up choosing? Like where how did that start? So I wanted to show my friends Shot Corridor by Sam Fuller, and I wanted to show Sweet Smell of Success. Um, and so when I met up with Alan and Malia, I was um, they were like you know talking about curating something, and I was like. Mm. What was the event? They mentioned the event. What was it called? The, it was, was a some... film programmer's potluck. Right. Okay. And yeah. my friend Stephanie invited me to attend with her because she knew I wanted to do something like this. And so she you thought, hadn't known them before? No, I never yeah. met them before. Yeah. And then I was telling, uh, just like the group, it was a small group, oh, this is what I was trying to do, like have a little classic film series. And they were like, oh, you can always do with us. And I was like, yeah. all right. And then... Um, I just noticed that the common theme between at least Sweet Smell of Success and Shop Corridor was this excessive ambition. Mm. And I think also, well, we're American, but also I work in film and television, and you kind of see it, like, that ego, like, all the time, you got to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> and in every industry you do. But it's always kind of funny, like, just how you deal with it or how I have friends who are artists and seeing how they deal with their ego and the obsession that it can take you on because mm. yeah. you know it doesn't have to be obsessive like yeah. to be ambitious but right. it can make you like obsessive and we live in like a selfie crazed world now so I thought it would be really interesting to go back and kind of look at you know I don't know uh, ego and mm. uh, this very American form in classic films yeah uh, that I watched uh, I just just watched uh, what's it called the, the um, oh man it just flew out of my head the one with Barbara Stanwyck that you have to um, oh uh, Babyface wait uh, ba baby why can't I remember Babyface Babyface right? yeah, yeah Babyface like, that feels wrong very, it's an odd movie it <laughs> it's is. just a very strange movie it all is. around <laughs> it is but like that one she I mean she has like a black sidekick mm -hmm. basically that she takes everywhere along her right her climb to success right. or whatever, yeah. she, wherever she's climbing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I thought, and I saw that years ago, I had the flu. And That's the only one of the series I'd, I'd never seen that Oh, one. really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I only saw it because it was on TCM, uh -huh. and I wasn't feeling well. I was, like, doped up on all this medicine, mm -hmm. and it was late at night, and they showed it, and I was like, is it me, or is this movie, like, really kind of dirty for this time well, it's period? a pre-code, yeah. It's, it's a pre-code, pre and I hadn't yeah. realized it was pre-code, because I was like, whoa. It's like she's literally sleeping her way to the top. Yeah, yeah, they close yeah. every time she disappears into yeah, these rooms and then they open yeah. and suddenly she's gotten everything oh, she man, wanted. I thought yeah. it was great. I yeah. was like, this is so interesting. <laughs> you know, it's Prohibition days, her father has a speakeasy, her best friend is black. Yeah. I was like, this movie's kind of wild. Yeah, the ending's a cop out, but, the, you know, yeah, like they, they have to get her like to, to learn her lesson, which yeah. is uh, super unfortunate. Yeah, like, yeah, it is. <laughs> I was so sort of. I wasn't super down with that. <laughs> Where they, yeah, the they moral to give lessons the, they the always have to have. You know? yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> have you seen the trailer, the original trailer? No, no. Oh, the original trailer is hysterical. It's like this evil woman, and look what she's doing to men. Mm, <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's really funny. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and she yeah she's so young in that movie. She Robert is Stanley. so young. Yeah. She's so young, and she always had that like really razor sharp edge to her. I think yeah. it's like her upbringing and whatnot, growing up kind of rough. Yeah, and she was, she was, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think most of her career was playing kind of these uh, kind of driven, mm -hmm. hard, hard women, you know? Yeah. That were usually tougher than the men. Yeah. 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 That, that she was with, yeah, so that, that must have been like the beginning of that. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. She, she played that real well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about the later films in like January and February because it's more um, female leads, female driven. So what? Yeah, there's all about Eve and there's and then baby uh, face. Baby face, right? Yeah, and it's like the end of it. But um, I kind of like that it ends with women because you get so much uh, male egotistical attitudes and energy in yeah. the other three. Yeah. So was it, was it at least partly like inspired by the, the political situation these days? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, and then I think all about. Oh, you had a face in the crowd too. Yeah. That, that was the other one. That was yeah. Yeah, I'm Obviously excited about that. Obviously, super relevant. You know? So relevant. Yeah. It's kind of kind of scary how relevant. Yeah. But also, is. actually, even even in Sweet Smell of Success, where towards the end, where the Burt Lancaster character is, you can yeah. see him like changing the story as yeah. it happened, like. He suddenly said that, like you know, he attacked. Yeah. That the Tony Curtis guy attacked the daughter. Yeah. yeah he, in real see, time. You could just see the gears yeah. moving and him spinning it yeah. in the way that he needed it to, which we see all the time all in the, the news time. now. It's like changing yeah. in front of our eyes. Like, yeah. No, he's so sinister in that role. Yeah. So sinister. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, it's who's. You can debate who's worse. I mean, to me, I think actually Tony Curtis is worse because he's sort of like lapping it up and he wants to be that. Yeah, like, like he at actually least wants to be the that. The Burt Lancaster, he's sort of like, you could, like there's a sadness to him. Like yeah. you could tell he's sort of the devil, but he yeah. knows and he's sad. He, that's just his that's, fate. That's, Whereas yeah. Tony Curtis is like, that's what he's grabbing right. for. That's, that's what yeah. he wants to be. Right. <laughs> is that. And it's so funny. <laughs> so he's kind of worse. Yeah. And I like know people like that who are like, who oh, think sure. it's cool to be an asshole and think it's cool to just kind of be the bad dude. Yeah. And I'm like, what is it that makes you want to be that dude? Like, willingly, not like you yeah. turned it Yeah, there's people that revel in it. Yeah. They, they like it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting characteristic because I definitely know someone like, like, well, no, really, who really thinks that that's how you should be, and that's yeah. how you should handle people. Sure. And um, <laughs> I give you more credit if you're like Burt Lancaster. It's like he, it seemed like he was molded into that yeah. probably over time. If I thought about like who he was in his past, because the only thing that kind of keeps him. Yeah, he's like his, a sad monster. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, then it's like he. He clearly has some type of level of humanity to him because he does seem to care about his sister in yeah. a very controlling way. Yeah. But he does care about his sister. It's the only thing that humanizes him right. throughout the whole thing. But yeah, Curtis, Tony Curtis pimped out his that girl, the cigarette oh, yeah. girl. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The cigarette girl. That was that's terrible. Yeah. Like that's but yeah, so everybody and at every corner he's always mm -hmm. using everybody mm -hmm. just to step up to the next step yeah yeah it's, yeah it's terrible 
<laughs> so, uh, in in your your day job is you you work for Chicago Fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, have I work you for been fire. doing that for a while? Or I've been on there since season three, so it's my fifth season on the show. Is that how long it's been going? Jesus. Yeah, seven years. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. That Brought man. a lot of work here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I work in locations. I'm the location coordinator. Mm. And um, that's why Sweet Smell of Success was really fun and interesting to kind of research and look up on uh, because it has so much history with uh, locations and a lot of um, the rules and regulations that we follow today seem to have been implemented because of how they had to shoot mm. then. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, just um, from like a location standpoint. Uh, but also like the, the filmmaking, like when I've um, researched some of these films and a lot of the history I knew, but I was like, well, let me dive deeper because mm. it's kind of been like this web, like you just, it's so much that you can look into, mm. um, like, you know, the time period, what's going on, how it's relevant, um, but also just um, the actual physical making of it, you know, because they were, when I, when I was looking it up and it was saying that they shot it in December and January mm -hmm. and then when I was watching the movie I didn't even notice before how cold it actually looked because you can see their breath throughout right. the whole top thing but they're not wearing any like really heavy coats or anything so they're talking about how cold they were but how yeah. it kind of added to the character to characterization sure. of, yeah. uh, of like their character arc of just like even through the cold being cold and <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah, it was just, you know, and how heavy the equipment was, so shooting on location was like such a feat, which is why they went to always shoot in the studio. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like learning about all that they kind of had to do to, to make these films. Yeah, I, I bartend part-time at the Skylark, and there's been lots of stuff that's filmed there mm -hmm. over the years. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys have shot there or not, yeah, I but think we you have. probably have. Yeah. But yeah, movies, I had to go and babysit a... A shoot. They were they were doing a pilot for um, a TV show version of uh, Gone Baby Gone. Oh wow! But it's oh, yeah. we were standing in for a Boston bar, you know, because it's set yeah. in Boston. But <laughs> yeah. But just like you know, like I know Empire shot here, and that's supposed to be New York, you know. Right. I actually had to sign a release because I had some paintings up in the back of a cafe in the oh, cool. the last uh, seat. Like the last episode of the first season of oh, Empire. Oh, cool. yeah. It's, it, they're blurry, you know, but yeah. got cookies in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's real cool. That was the yeah. season where they had the most viewership, too. I bet. Yeah, yeah. I sort of lost lost track of that show, but is this yeah. still going? It is still going. I actually watched, I didn't watch the last season, but the season before that, I think it was our season three, I binge watched it. Yeah. And it's a soap opera, but sure, I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed yeah. it. I can't even lie. I was like, yeah. I can't wait to get home and finish this show. Yeah. <laughs> so how, like, do you see, like, echoes of, like, what, you know, like, you see in these classic movies and, like, your work, like, and the stuff that is going on now in any way, or is it super, super different? Like, do you relate it either for yourself or their, I don't know, thoughts that connect, well, like, your work to... To, to the classic the age of oh, the classic age of Hollywood. Um. Yeah. No. Uh. Uh. Well, I mean, we still work long hours. <laughs> yeah. Right. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, film and television always had that that hustle, that work ethic, the, you know, like getting it done. It's such long hours, it's such hard work. I think that has never really stopped. I think the quality has changed. Yeah. Um, uh, film, I, I don't know. I think uh, a lot of the classics worked because they, at, during the golden age is like really interesting because they just made so many movies. Like mm-hmm. Paramount would have like 72 films in production at the same time, which yeah. is insanity. It's like, it's right. just, but then, you know, when the Paramount decree came down, they had to kind of like not go so much off their hunches, but kind of like really go off like dollar figures. But before it was like, I have a hunch this movie is going to be good. And yeah. so I think it was a little bit more creative. But there's something about the fact that they had to, um, they had all these restrictions that you had this, the haze code that you had someone telling you, you can't make it this way, but yet they still made some of the best films we've ever seen, like ever yeah. been made. And well, yeah, I mean, restrictions are very good for art in a way are, like, because yeah. it forces you to work Be creative. creative. Yeah. yeah. So it's really interesting, like, um, just, I don't know, like how like how the structure of cinema was back then versus now where you can do anything. Yeah. You can shoot on anything. You know, it's cool in the fact that film is so accessible to filmmakers. Yeah. Like people can literally shoot on iPhones, but I don't know. Then I, I that's a whole other conversation. Like I feel some type of way about No, no, no. I mean yeah. this is yeah, this is stuff I think about a lot, but I think it's just because the technology and the it's accessible. I don't think there's any bigger percentage of people with anything to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Just, so, yeah, I mean, I've seen some really good movies made on iPhones, but yeah. uh, I, I'll bet you that, like, you know, whatever, nine out of ten people, you can give them a 70 millimeter camera and, like, you know, budget of $200 million yeah. and they make a piece of crap. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so. true. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think. And they do. I mean, yeah, they do. <laughs> like I watch some of this stuff, and I I can't believe that it was anybody ever decided it was a good idea. I don't know how it happens. Like, yeah, who know? was in that room yeah. making that decision? Like, we're gonna green light this project. Yeah, yeah somebody really owed somebody something. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. And then a lot of really good movies get made, and no one sees them because maybe they don't go to the theater. They may actually. But yeah, that's the problem with the yeah, yeah the the internet and stuff because yeah. there's so much stuff out and how do you get anybody's attention anymore yeah because yeah. a lot of times I'll see some really interesting films and I'll be like oh no one else saw this like mm. what movie did I see that though do you have a recent favorite what have I seen that I really love no I guess not shoot <laughs> <laughs> I thought Starborn was actually a pretty good remake yeah Star- yeah I thought it was a good remake and I've seen all the different versions and they relate to the times very well. I love the Judy Garland one. Mm. Um, Barbra Streisand one is a disaster. That's not so good. <laughs> it's not that good. Um, but I actually thought uh, she's just a really bad good. actress. I mean, Barbra Streisand. Yeah, yeah Bar- she's terrible. I, I don't know. I, I still <laughs> love her though. I just I was so yeah. in love with her as a kid. That that's funny. Yeah. She kind of always plays herself, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I probably just love her because I don't know. She's saying, yeah. Yeah, I actually tried uh, tried rewatching that one after watching the new one, and mm-hmm. I couldn't get through it. Yeah, I, I couldn't get it to, to the end. The the 
the Barbara Streisand one. Yeah. You know, it was just, and he Chris Christopherson could be great. He's great yeah. in mo other movies. He is great in other movies. Yeah. Not in this one though. No. <laughs> that just yeah goes to show. I I mean it's such a I don't know it's such a director's medium. Yeah. You know, like yeah, the worst actors can be great in movies yeah. and vice versa. I'm trying to think. What else did I see that I really that I really liked? I can't eat. Yeah, that's sad. I always say like I don't see that many yeah. films I, I really really like anymore. What what came out last year? Like, oh, yeah. oh I like Black Klansman. I thought that was pretty good. Did it? Yeah, it wasn't like the best. I thought it was just okay, but really? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was good. And it, like, what did I just see? Did you see uh, Sorry to Bother You? No, I think I it's awesome. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. That that might be one of my that's probably yeah one of my favorites of the year. The, of the year? Yeah, I, I saw it twice. Yeah. Did you see that? And he, it's real grubby and like you could tell he was kind of like figuring out what he was doing while he yeah, was doing while it. Yeah, while he was doing it. Yeah, because it's his first movie. But yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It just had a lot of ideas. It had a lot of. I mean, it was a angry fucking movie, but <laughs> for, I, for good yeah. reason. I think it. I think it says something a lot about where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> that movie. Yeah, I've heard really good things about it, and I remember seeing the trailer and being one feeling like well, I could relate to that trailer a lot. Mm -hmm. The with the story at least that they said it was about because it may have changed. Um, but yeah, no, I never got a chance to see it. But, oh, yeah, it's oh. probably available on whatever, and by now on streaming somewhere. I don't remember who released it even. It's probably one of the streaming services. They seem to release all the movies now. Okay, you yeah. know. <laughs> I actually saw that Orson Welles film, you know, it's not like it's newly released, but mm -hmm. it's not. I did not like it when I saw it in the theater. No? No, but then oh, did I you go to the music box? Or? I did. Yeah, I me too. I watched the music box. I loved yeah. it. I loved every frame of that movie. But then I watched it at home because I didn't know it was on Netflix. Also, oh. didn't know anything about this film. Mm -hmm. I went in there very blind, and I missed maybe the first two minutes, so I missed oh. what they were, what this was about. That was like yeah. the last day of his life, and I, so I was like, Yeah, you have to. Like, that one you have to see the beginning. You yeah. have to. Yeah, because he's got this like he basically dies like James Dean. Yeah. In James Dean's car, yeah. <laughs> more or less. And I was like, oh, I... And there's so all these cameos, I mean... Great cameos. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought it was pretty great. No, <laughs> I, I watched it at home, and then... Another very angry movie, but... <laughs> yeah. But no, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I thought John Houston was really good in it. Yeah. And then I watched the documentary. Did you see that? Then, I, I saw about half of it. I didn't I didn't get all the way through it. I, yeah. It made me watch that movie again, though. I was like, oh, it right, did? Let me okay, get well, it. that's good. That's... Yeah. Yeah, I mean that—that that was the point of it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was cool, and I love Orson Welles, and I thought it was wild that he made that movie for some reason. Yeah. Because when I think of Orson Welles, I do think more of uh, Touch of Evil, like and Magnificent Ambersons, and of yeah. course Citizen Kane, and I was like, wow, because I walked in and all I saw were like titties, and I was like, what yeah. is happening? <laughs> and I was like, wow. Well, yeah. That's a his girlfriend's titties. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of his girlfriend's yeah. titties. Who, I, I guess, his wife made Was some okay sort of piece with, with yeah. or like made. Yeah, that guy. I, very interesting dude. Also, yeah, very different time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I like that movie because it was really sort of. Very critical of the the director guy, and, and yeah. I mean self-critical because yeah. obviously the director is the stand-in for him, and yeah. like the, he was he was not a good guy. He was not made to look like a no, good guy. Yeah, you know. 
Yeah. No, I thought it was really interesting, like what he was trying to say. And then, yeah, the movie it. within the movie yeah. was like totally making fun of that kind of that era. Yeah, like yeah. Antonioni and yeah. people like that, like these like self-important art film people. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. I, so even though that's an older film technically, but it's newly released, so yeah, I enjoyed that. Man, I enjoyed, did you see this movie that was? Um, Oh, man, it came out this summer with Jason Clark, and it was a biopic about Ted Kennedy and that accident. Oh, oh no, I didn't see it. Was it any good? I thought that movie yeah. was really like interesting. I saw it um, late one night. Chappaquiddick. Chappaquiddick. Uh, yeah, right. I, I, I remember the trailer. It's I on. It I think good. it's on Netflix or something. It somewhere. is on Netflix. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll see that. I'm about to cancel Netflix too. Wow, really? I keep canceling all these things because they just suck. Like there's yeah. like I watch one thing and then I don't want to see anything for weeks. I know, you know? I should, but like I watched. I'm really shows. bummed. Did did you ever subscribe to Filmstruck? Yes. Doesn't I'm it suck? so upset. Yeah, it's I horrible. Am that so it's dying. Upset. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I was. That's the thing. It's about like how you can find these films, and I was telling someone like also like a part of wanting to do the film series is that. I really do believe in like not only film heritage and film culture, but the preservation of film. Mm -hmm. Sure. And on top of like physically preserving film, you preserve film by watching them. Of course. You know, and so. Yeah, because you yeah. never know. Some kid's gonna watch something on there and get inspired, get inspired to make to make something. Yeah. Yeah, because I so my boss Mono, his son Elijah is a, like he's 21. He's young. He's a filmmaker, mm -hmm. and. I just love Elijah because I think he's really talented, but also because he watches like everything I recommend. There <laughs> so you go. That's cool. That's good. But but he gets really inspired by the great filmmakers, yeah. and he um, made this really cool, interesting like art film, short film, just about um, his experience of going to college and this new experience. But also like you know when you are a black person going into a college that maybe more majority white like how mm. you can feel out of sync mm. and it was really interesting film but he did a showcase at the music box maybe like six weeks ago oh cool he took other people's short films and these were all really young filmmakers and they started it off by having this clip of Casavetes talking about filmmaking mm. and I thought it was really interesting that these you know young kids who were like born in the late 90s mm -hmm. who were going back to the grace which is how I think it should be of course and yeah. he has film struck and I think some of his friends do and so it's great because it introduces these films to another generation yeah. of filmmakers and artists and people who just love a good story in general and yeah it's sad I'm like I yeah so I hope sad. somebody else does I, I guess I, I read something that like Criterion is gonna launch right. like their own thing but uh, yeah I hope that yeah there's some some streaming subscription service that doesn't just show the yeah the mainstream crap you know? yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I mean what's great about Filmstruck is that like if you saw a movie by somebody you were interested in, and then you could see four or five of, more of their mm -hmm. movies. Uh, yeah. It's all connected up. And even though, yeah. like, they'll do that star of the week or they'll do director yeah. of the week, because yeah. what was Oh, one week they did um, Elizabeth Taylor. And I've seen a good deal of her films, but there were some movies I had never seen of yeah. with her. I don't know why. I was just like, yeah, I think, oh, I had never seen Giant before. I realized oh, yeah. it when I was watching it. I was like, I've never seen Giant. Mm -hmm. And then they had this. Um, 
They had this movie with her and Marlon Brando that I'd never even heard of before. Mm. I can't even remember the name. I think it came out in 68. And he, she's his wife and they live on this like army base in the south and she's sleeping with his boss and she, and then he's clearly uh, closeted homosexual and there's a lot going on in the movie. And I think it's based off of a true story wait, was too. It, wait, is this Brando or it's Montgomery? Brando. Not. It's not Montgomery mm -hmm. Cliff, it's Brando. What was I thinking about? Suddenly Last Summer. Oh yeah, no, it's not no, Suddenly okay. Last Summer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really... You said closeted and homosexual. Yeah. So it was like, no, and it was actually directed by John Huston. Oh, really? Yeah, huh. it, and it was like, I oh, I would never, not only never heard of this film, I had never seen of it, and only seeing it now. Yeah, I mean, what's great struck. about, yeah, things like Filmstruck is, yeah, they show you, like, all this, because, you know, in history, only, like, the really popular stuff gets remembered. Right. But then you see all this other stuff yeah and, and it's not like also i mean some stuff they're not the best movies but they're just interesting to watch yeah you know? definitely just if you have more interest yeah yeah and like i mean i think tcm does a really good job of um showing films i here's my issue with tcm is that i do think they need color on that show like mm. uh, i mean on that network mm. you know i think they can get a little bit more casual like oh yeah i loved robert osborne to me he was my first film teacher and then probably ebert mm. um because i read ebert every oh really oh uh, my god that's fun. every friday Mm. And, um, and there were times where I would read his uh, his review, mm -hmm. and it's something that he liked. And I would go see this film I'd never heard of, mm -hmm. just based off of him. I wouldn't even wow. watch a trailer. I'd just go to the movies. Um, mm. But I what movie that I know I did that off of Vion Rose. I was at work. I worked at the dorms because I went to Columbia, mm. and. Um, and it was like, oh, four stars, read the review, sounds interesting. Didn't even watch the trailer. Yeah. Bought a ticket, went to see it uh, on North Avenue. Was Pipe, Pipe, was Pipe? Piper's Alley? Piper's yeah, Alley. It's gone, yeah, it's, a, it's part, of, part of the comedy, the yeah. second city now, yeah. But, yeah, no. Which has a film school, by the way, now. I heard that. Yeah. That's cool. I have a friend of mine's teaching classes there. Yes, yeah, the Harold Ramis film, like, oh. the, and they're partnering with DePaul. Like, they're trying oh, to wow. like, do, like, a full-on film, like... That's amazing. Then they direct real, real directors and filmmakers to teach these like intensive like courses. That's cool. Yeah. That's real. Well. They make use of that. Yeah. That property. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, no TCM. I think they need a little bit of flavor, color to it. I think it's great because they've exposed me to so many films mm -hmm. I had never seen before. But um, like Babyface, that's how mm. I saw it. But um. At the same time, I don't know. I think that they're gonna lose a whole generation of people because of how, not how they program, because how they program has got awesome, but like who the face of it is, which is yeah. older white men, right, <laughs> in suits. <laughs> yeah, it's a problem. I mean, like going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, like the, yeah. like the people that love the noir movies, right? Just the old white guys in the fedoras, yeah, you know, and but. Yeah, I mean the the value of a lot of this old stuff is should be to to everybody. Yeah. In a way, because the edge, and every one of these movies is sort of a documentary in its yeah. own way, even no matter how made up yeah. it is. Yeah. And people love film. I mean, that's yeah. why it's such a big industry. And then for me, the biggest thing about like film or art in general is that it bridges the gap in misunderstanding. Yeah. 
Um, usually, like, you know, when people, when you live in a very racially intense environment, but then here came the Cosby show, and I was like, not cool, we won't talk about it, but... Well, there's, yeah, there, there again, that, that's an interesting thing to talk about, though, Yeah. because, yeah, this is like how it obviously turned out to be a bad, bad person, yeah. but he's, you can't erase of the influence that he had. Yeah, no, you know. but it changed people's perspective about how they view things, how they view mm -hmm. black people. But yeah. And it can expose you to things that you weren't exposed to um, before. And like, I feel like with film, I don't think I have to be, um, you know, Jewish and in a concentration camp to watch a movie about the Holocaust. Right. To exactly. understand it or have to be yeah. a part of that culture at all because it's just like it's a human story right there. You know, I don't have to, I don't know, be from Arkansas to watch, you know, a movie that was made there. Yeah. Um, so that's the cool thing about film, but you have to open that up because then I think sometimes, especially like people of color and even sometimes women can feel very unwelcome in this boys club of white dudes. Right. You know, and that's like that's specific, yeah. yeah, like the the noir and classic film yeah. club is is definitely a white yeah. dude, but, old white yeah. dude club. But, but film <laughs> can be like a white dude club because yeah. even sure. I went to Columbia, I went to film school. A lot of times, did you go to to make like with the idea of making movies? Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And so taking those classes, well, one, what was what's always really interesting about the experience. I'm a bold person. I'm not like somebody who's like intimidated easily mm -hmm. and I'm very comfortable with myself and I like to talk. I'm not like scared of that yep. shit. But um, I was always like the only black person. A sure. lot of times the only girl too. Yeah. And they always assumed they knew more than me. It was like this weird thing. I'm like, what is it about these dudes? And they and at one point it's in just, the semester. It's a guy thing. It's just a guy <laughs> thing. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, they always assumed they knew more than me, especially if it was about like film history or anything like that. I was like, that you did not have me beat on because I grew up in front of the television. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah you really have to work hard and extra to stand up for yourself. Yeah. And if you, if you do, that maybe they won't, they'll, they'll shut up yeah. eventually. They Yo, have yeah, to, no, once, at, once, at one point we were all cool yeah. and friends and our friends yeah. of mine still. But mm -hmm. in the beginning I remember having that feeling and being like, this is their club and I may not be invited to it, but I'm more like going to kick the door open. I'm here. Yeah. And I ain't going nowhere, you know? And, uh, yeah. So that can always be the kind of the, the feeling that you have, um, when you deal with film in general, but then classic film, Oh, on the yeah. whole other spectrum, you know? So, so what's like your, do you have a, a next series or like an ideal like future job or something? Like what's, what's next or what's coming? Well, next, um, I want to do something similar to a micro cinema, but I want to incorporate something more than just film, uh, having a space like, a a multidiscipline art space mm. dealing with, uh, like theater. running what you'd want to run. Yeah. Run one. That's what I want. That's like my goal in this was to one, see, are people even interested to come out to go to see right. these films? And, so um, was the shot corner, yeah. uh, was the attendance, was there, yeah, was there a crowd? Cause yeah. I mean, obviously the, the one I went to was, it was full. Yeah. You know, so that one was more full than shot corner, but shot corner yeah. had a good crowd. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, and then a lot of people who were there the first time came back the second oh, time. So that was really cool. Were there people there that like were friends of yours or like uh, yeah, people no, that, knew, yeah, some that came people, specifically yeah. because because you were doing it? Yeah. yeah, but I have some friends who are just into film, and then I have like really close friends who are not. So yeah. none of my I have some really close friends who have not come to neither one, and that's okay because. <coughs> You know, it's You're not like, writing yeah. them off yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's always like, oh man, you haven't supported me. But the thing is to really see who's interested. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be my friends necessarily. Yep. You know, um, but because there's you know plain people who are, it's just kind of like getting it out there. And um, yeah, how did you find out about it? Uh, I, I've been. I hadn't been there for a while because a lot of them. Their screenings were at times I couldn't make it, yeah. but um, I'd wanted. I wrote up. I I write uh, for a site called Cinephile sometimes, okay, yeah. and I wrote up a, a Renoir film that they were running a okay. few weeks, a little while ago, and then so I and I'm on there. I get their newsletter. And I was oh, like, cool. Well, I haven't seen that one in a while. Yeah. Sweet smell of success. So it was it was kind of random oh, that cool. I showed up then at yeah. that time. But uh, I'd been there before. They did. Uh, the last one I went to, they uh, showed a Nosferatu with a like live oh, accompaniment, which is cool. really cool. Yeah, like there was a guy like doing weird synthesizer sounds and stuff, like oh, yeah. totally contemporary soundtrack. That's really you know? cool. Yeah, so yeah, they they do interesting stuff. Yeah, there. I like their and space. it's it's nice when it's like in a neighborhood that. And they told me, you know, one of the reasons they set that up was that there's no movie theaters in Pilsen, you know? Yeah, that's or true. Or anywhere nearby, really. That's true. That's, uh, yeah, that's really yeah, true. Yeah, you gotta go to Roosevelt or downtown, you know, to, Always, to go to the movie. Yeah. Yeah, anywhere near. So yeah, for me too, because I, I live over here. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, always like a field trip, you know, yeah. <laughs> to go to the movies. Yeah. I wish somebody would reopen the Remova. Yeah. You know, that would be great, but. Yeah. I think it needs a lot of repairs. Yeah, um, work. Yeah. Yeah. But somebody, yeah, I mean, it would take somebody like like the Music Box, you know. But the Music Box has its own film distribution. Yeah. That's what really makes them the money, you know. Yeah. It's not the theater. Yeah. yeah. I do love the Music Box. You know, they always. Yeah, they yeah, but they you know they do a lot of events and then they open yeah. the little lounge bar next door all that stuff yeah. is like that's what you got to do now yeah that is what you have to do because otherwise people just want to watch shit on their phone which is yeah. ridiculous to me but it's, yeah yeah it's how it is now yeah the art of choices i think it's <laughs> choices now yeah yeah or it was like that watch was on cable when it's coming on no dvr yeah <laughs> or you rent but before it. that just that's yeah. the, Three channels or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you got so many choices. Yeah, like I mean, for me, I'm I'm, I'm old enough that like I I just I love going to the theater. Like it's it, it it's just different. I watch yeah. a lot of stuff at home, but it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah, like just the fact that you can't pause it, you can't like if you leave, you'll miss it. Yeah, that's it's true. more of an event. Yeah. And it's it requires you to be there and not be on your phone or be able to go to the bathroom or anything. You just yeah. have to focus. I go to the movies less though now. I don't I think that I'm not interested in everything that comes out anymore. Hmm. But I used to be that person I would go every single weekend. And then my dad when I was a kid, he took me to the movies probably every single yeah. weekend. I would see everything. Yeah. Well yeah, there's yeah. very little yeah. these yeah. days that comes out on 
on to the movie theater that's for grown-ups really yeah. it's basically for children it's, <laughs> yeah it's, it's basically live video games you know like shit blowing up or 3d other gimmicks you know yeah which like I have no interest in like I, I don't go see the superhero movies I don't go see the the big horror movies you know like yeah not interested so I end up going to you know the film center all the time where yeah. you see the the film dorks and yeah. you, know, you see some very very special characters yeah. that go there regularly and it's right. a real mixed you know so you pick your poison yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah so like recently yeah. I've just been going through my actual like DVD and Blu-ray collection because I I feel like oh man they become background noise in my apartment my, oh, yeah. my physical copies oh yeah and I was especially because all the films I'm showing I own mm. and I went out when I was looking for them yeah. I was like wow I have some great movies I haven't seen in a long time sure and yeah. so I kind of like started going back anyway and then with Filmstruck and since it's ending I've been trying to watch as much as I can um yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's like a week left or something. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's like, yeah, nine days or something like that. Um, but yeah, I find myself going to the movies less and less. So you're, yeah, you're in Hyde Park, so you have, what's, what's that place? The Hyde well, Park Theater. Well, well there's Doc also films. Doc. Yeah. yeah, Doc is pretty good. Yeah, Doc is good. I feel like every movie I want to see, it's like a time I can't go. Yeah. Um, but... What did I see there? Doctor Viago. No. I actually never seen it. I never seen all of it. Um, excruciatingly long, but very huh. cool to see it um, in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there they they show a lot of real prints. Yeah. A they lot, do. not always, but oftentimes yeah. when they can. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. And they have really good programming, in it, and they show films all week long. Mm-hmm. Um. And it seems whenever I go, they have a really good turnout usually. And then they have like advanced screenings. So that's mm -hmm. kind of cool, I think. And they've been around for so long. They have, yeah. yeah. So I remember going to Doc Films when I was like in sixth grade. Oh. Because right. <laughs> I went to school in High Park. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. So, um, hmm. so yeah, no, Doc Films is, is great. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Uh, yeah. Can't think of anything else right now. I might uh, write you and follow up. Cool. Cause yeah, I got uh, I got a week to write this. Cool. Uh, so. I appreciate. This. Yeah. Thanks. This thanks great. for your time. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just yeah. Like I've been saying, it's refreshing to find somebody that's a young that's into this stuff and that's not like talking inside baseball kind of like jargon or film nerd I don't yeah. know it, it just it drives me up the wall yeah and I've been I've been you know I used to work in a movie theater like I write reviews I, I'm really into movies but yeah. a lot of the stuff that goes with it it's just incredibly frustrating so yeah <laughs> it, I know I, I, I share your pain in that I went I'm not on meetup and like I have a meetup group that mm. um like I uh put these events on there mm -hmm. and it, I just got this meetup group it's not like been around for a mm -hmm. long time but I actually went to one that was more of a classic film meetup mm -hmm. and oh it was a, I wanted to go because they were playing a film I'd never seen by a director mm -hmm. I love but god it was it was the guy who did it he ran it like a classroom mm -hmm. 
Oh, and really? it was really uncomfortable. Like he, yeah, it was like a slide, like bullet point. And really? You know, it was funny because everybody thinks he's like the smartest dude in the room. Mm. And not that he is or anything like yeah. that. Not to like even downplay him. But it was just kind of funny because there was nothing, I don't know, I like things that are like a little authentic, a little like conversation and not exactly. like you think you're the smartest person, you need to teach everybody everything. Um, well, this is exactly why we're why we're here talking yeah. about all this. Because <laughs> <Like>, <laughs> there is another way, yeah, yeah, you know, to link the old stuff to the stuff that's going on now. Yeah, because like my favorite part of like Sweet Smell of Success when we were talking about it was when I, when when I mentioned Walter Winchell, and then all of the older people were like, oh yeah, all the younger people were like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> you yeah. <know? laughs> well, luckily, yeah, all the younger people can look up who. Find yeah. out who Walter Winchell was. Yeah, yeah, but like all the other people, they they knew exactly who he was. I'm like, yeah, you know, he was so famous and he was a big journalist. And, you know, I thought that was kind of cool because it was like this mix of generations. For sure. Experiencing yeah. it together. So, um, and experiencing it differently. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, keep doing what you're doing. It's, yeah. You're doing a good thing, I think. Cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. You it's got a it. Top one.